Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hello and welcome back everyone to Fragmenters. Today is a pretty exciting day. I am introducing Rita Roloff. She is a product manager for Microsoft. So tell us how you got into this, Rita. Um, So I started off as a computer science major at UW-Madison. And so the reason why I got into computer science because in high school, I wanted to make an app, but I had no clue on how to make an app. <laughs> so I was like, why not learn how to program? And so like halfway into my CS major, I was like, well, I don't really like coding. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends were interning as product managers at that time. And so I learned more about product management, like junior year of college. I got an internship at Microsoft and kind of went there it seems like a simple story but it was not that (laughs) what is product management yeah good question product managers are people who work with developers um, designers and also interact with customers on a regular basis to determine what products we should build so i'm currently working on azure so the, the particular product on azure that i'm working on and i a lot of my days filled with like talking to customers, seeing what they'd like in a product and how we can improve certain products. So you get to talk to everyone. They just bitch at you all the time about what they don't <laughs> like. And then you get to boss the developers around to fix it. Um, maybe not. But, so the interesting thing is like a lot of people say like, oh, product managers are the CEO via product. And it's not true because, you know, CEOs, you have to listen to a CEO, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with product managers, I'm not the boss of any engineer or any designer. So you kind of have to find a way to convince people because they're not your employees. So it's really interesting where we get customer feedback, but then we have to work with engineers and designers to figure out you know, what we should build next. So a lot of people say like, we're the CEO of, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not the fucking case because they would listen to us if that were the case. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't have to schmooze them to do one thing I ask. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even know. What I'm loving about meeting all you guys, all you guys, all the women I've met is I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. It's a relatively newer thing. Maybe the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. started popping up so yeah that's cool and is it so I know you're technically in tech which is male dominated but do you mm-hmm. work with mostly men in your prod product I want to say project product <laughs> managing career yeah it's mostly men so mm-hmm. most of my meetings actually are with engineers so that's mostly men and then product management it's interesting that it's really difficult to get a product management job because for every, at least at Microsoft, for every 10 engineers, there's like 1 p.m. And then for other companies like Google, it's a lot smaller, like maybe like, I don't know the numbers, but it's like 20 engineers, 1 p.m. or something like that. 
and most product managers have a computer science degree. So it kind of is like this funnel where it kind of gets smaller and smaller. So even in product management, there's a lot of men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'm just learning all the things. Yeah. Now, how'd you get a gig at Microsoft? Like the big boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I had an internship before that while I was in college. I was at a bank, JP Morgan. I didn't really like the vibe of working at a bank because I had to wear business casual and I was mm-hmm. programming. And I was like, why am I wearing dress clothes <laughs> while I'm programming and no one's even like talking to me? Um, and so I got that internship and I think that helped me get the internship with Microsoft because I had some experience. And so I landed an internship at Microsoft and that transitioned into a full-time role. Nice. So you went from intern to full-time. You didn't have a break between. You didn't have to come back. When you say come back, you meaning come back to school or? No, like you, um, where I work, we'll have interns and then their internship ends and then they'll come back as another intern. Or if we like them enough, their internship just transitions into a role. Oh, so I interned in the summer and then I went back to school to finish my senior year. And then full-time. Gotcha. 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 So how long have you been doing it? Um, almost two years full-time, around one and a half years. It's so hard to track time because I started in the pandemic. I was going to say, yeah, right I was like, <laughs> yeah, so it's been about one and a half years now. Yeah. So you've always worked remote then? Yep. Always. Well, I've interned in person, but I guess that doesn't count because I feel like internships and full-time experiences may be a little different. Yeah. Even when they're the same job, they're, they're mm-hmm. different in my experience anyway. What's been your biggest obstacle? Um, I think I've always been self-conscious of not being the most technical person in the room because in computer science even getting a computer science degree was really hard for me. It was like so stressful. And I remember like times I was crying and like mm-hmm. wanting to drop my major. And so I went to P- product management because I was like, yeah, I don't need to be as technical, but I still came with that chip on my shoulder of like trying to prove to people, Hey, I am technical. And I had to kind of learn that they didn't put me in this role to be an engineer. They put me in this role to talk to customers and make product decisions and have conversations with engineers, but I don't need to know everything. And so I think the biggest thing was like trying to prove to people I'm technical and just working on my own strengths. Like, yeah, I'm not the most technical person, but I have other strengths and let me focus on that because engineers have that technical (laughs) strength and I'm not interested in developing that. And so I was like finally accepting that and being okay with not being the most technical person. Yeah, that that can be super difficult, especially when in a disagreement. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but when I have a disagreement with someone at work, the acronyms come out mm. and, you know, the technical jargon. And I'll be the first to admit, I do not speak yeah. in acronyms. I, mm-hmm. you send all these letters at me and I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> What's well, the funny, the funny thing is when you do ask them what the acronym is, like half the time they don't know. It's mm-hmm. just like, we use this for this, but I don't know what the exact letters stand for. Right. So I guess it's okay to just ask because a lot of yeah. 
you have that question probably a lot of other people have that question yeah oh man i i'm not afraid to ask and i don't care who you are if you're the president of the company and you say an mm -hmm. acronym i will ask and i no longer feel dumb because mm -hmm. there's only so much room in here yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and i think it's kind of a, a gift to be able to bring that peopleness mm -hmm. that's not a word but you know what i mean yeah the, mm -hmm. the people part of the job to it Mm -hmm. because like you said when you were in your you said JP internship mm -hmm. yeah JP Morgan internship you were there dress business casual blah 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 but you were in a dark corner by yourself nobody mm -hmm. talked to you or saw you <laughs> yeah and that you can be super surrounded in that in our field so mm -hmm. to be able to bring out that peopleness and mm -hmm. to not only you have, you definitely in your position have to be able to talk to the end users. So mm -hmm. like dumb it down, mm -hmm. no offense to end users listening, but <laughs> it's just a different language speaking tech. Yeah. So you have to be able to break it down, but then you have to up that to technical talk to get the engineers mm -hmm. to understand mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So that's gotta be quite a skill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, learn that my job as a PM is just to be an advocate for the customer. Mm -hmm. And so I just tell them like, if I'm having a set of customer interviews, like one thing that I'm working on is like our user adoption for one type of, one of our products isn't as high. So I've been talking to customers. And so I kind of just tell the customer story and like what they actually think. And maybe it's in this particular scenario, but I don't need to talk in super technical terms. And then the engineers kind of, if they're actually trying to figure out how to implement something, then they're the ones usually doing a technical discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure if you're a PM who wants to have more of a technical discussion, you can, but personally I care less. <laughs> Hopefully the engineers on my team don't listen to this, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're mostly men, so they probably won't. Yeah. Most of the men true. I tell about, they're like, I don't want to listen to your feminism bullshit. I'm like, Actually, oh my God, do they say that? Oh yeah. It's fine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but, wow. um, well, yes, I worked in mining and stuff. So okay. I, I'm friends with men that are not with hip with the jive, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, usually when I get that, I just tell them, I'm like, you may think it's feminism bullshit, but I'm actually designing this podcast to focus on women. Mm, We're not yeah. just sitting here berating men because yeah, that gives like you another for platform. You. You're not the target audience. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's not all about you, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's definitely it. But anyway, so what's helped you most in getting your position and remembering to enjoy it, that kind of stuff. I think the biggest thing with getting my position was just doing a lot of like practice interviews with friends who had that particular position and them just telling me like you can easily read a book and be like okay I think I understand it from reading a book but if you don't practice it it's not going to show in an interview and I've had that often where like I read this so I know what to do and then in an interview I would vomit and so I just would practice with like a lot of friends Another cool trick that I learned is I used to go on LinkedIn and just search alumni for my school who work at these companies and kind of like 
oh, you went to my school and kind of <laughs> enter in that way and be like, I'm interested in working at your company because of this and be super personalized about it. Not mm-hmm. saying like, hey, I want to work at Microsoft. Please tell me how to get in. But I'm like, hey, I like this team that you're working on because X, Y, Z, can we hop on the phone to do a mock interview or can I just learn a little bit more about the job? And most people like 50-50, if you give them a personalized like message, will say yes. And that's kind of how I did it was through mock interviews and like just getting referrals. Unfortunately with tech, the easiest way to get in, get your foot in the door or get your first interview is through referrals. Oh yeah. And you kind of just like need to just network your yep. way. And I use LinkedIn a lot to help me with that. That's definitely an asset that I don't use and I really should. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on LinkedIn that often. I probably should be. but I mean, if you're not looking, you don't really need to be on it. That's true. Yeah, that I just I can't get into it. Maybe I, maybe because after work, I shut off work. Mm-hmm. So going onto a social networking app that is just about work, mm-hmm. that doesn't you gotta fit. got to be on LinkedIn my... during work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But they don't pay me for that. So I'm in this yeah. conundrum. Hmm. So maybe you could post your podcast episodes on LinkedIn. Do they post there? Mm-hmm. You can post, you can, uh, well, maybe not a direct link but you can make posts you can also go live on linkedin which yeah i've I've seen the live i know the only social app that i know that posts directly is facebook so when i send it out uh each week it automatically goes onto facebook i don't even have to mess with that but yeah i've looked at it i just like i said i when i when i shut work down and all of my colleagues and stuff are my tech related related on linkedin (laughs) I should probably learn to utilize it better. All the shoulds. Yeah. None of none of the wants. <laughs> so do you have kids? No, I don't. Do you Not want kids? Uh, in the future. Yeah. My husband wants kids way more than me. So maybe like five <laughs> years. I'm like always pushing it off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the future. Yeah. yeah. Is that decision... Uh, if you don't mind talking about yeah, it, is it. it just you're not ready to have kids? Is it related to the work that you're doing, where you're at? You know, it's not related to the work that I'm doing. Um, my skip manager, she has kids, and I think you're what? My, sorry, sorry, my manager's manager. I call okay. it my skip manager. Oh, <laughs> that is so smart. <laughs> yeah. So my manager's manager. I think. At Microsoft is interesting because like almost everyone has kids at mm-hmm. my job. So it's not the issue of the work. I think it's just finding the right time. Like I want to accomplish certain goals before having kids. And yeah, maybe it's because I'm not around kids that often where kids, <laughs> like thought of kids stress me out. Like it just seems like a ton of work. Yeah. Um, so that's the main thing. It's not because it's work-life balance or anything. Okay. Yeah. I just know that some women are like, nope, I am going to climb 17 corporate ladders and then I'm going to have kids. Yeah. I've thought of like, oh, I want to climb the corporate ladder. But then I thought about like, well, how do I want my life to be? And like what I want in my life 
and I was like maybe and I realized climbing the corporate ladder was more of an ego thing to get recognized by people and to like mm-hmm. be a manager of a ton of people and I was like what I really want in life is a lot of time freedom and working in a corporate job really high up I can tell like some of my bosses like work on the weekend I'm like that's not what I want in my life yep I'm going on a tangent (laughs) no that is it's so important to know that because I thought the same thing well Mm -hmm. I I had these ups and downs where I was going to take over the world and be the supreme overlord president of any company that I worked at (laughs) but then I had the oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm in the job that I am. I'm never going to get any higher, you know, but Mm -hmm. after therapy, Mm -hmm. I know that I could be the supreme overlord if I wanted to, but yeah, I'm the same. I see my manager and my skip manager, which I am stealing from you. (laughs) Um, They work all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I have super harsh boundaries it is 4.30. That's our cutoff time. I'm out. Yeah, laptop. Deuces. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't do that moving up. So I'm like, is that really, is that really what I want? Or is it, I'm doing a lot of that soul searching. Is it mm-hmm. what I think that I'm supposed to do? Or like I said earlier, so many shoulds. Mm-hmm. Is it something I should quote unquote do? Mm-hmm. Or is it just not Mm -hmm. and I don't know that's one of those things we got to work through yeah I I will say I would like to win the lottery and then (laughs) (laughs) then I don't have to do shit (laughs) of all the time freedom well, I, I think I have to play first. What are your, what are your numbers? I don't have numbers. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I said. I think I have to play before. <laughs> Do you feel it's imperative for women to work in your field? Yeah, it's, I think, really important, especially in a product role. I know I'm probably really biased because I am a product mm-hmm. manager, but it's just certain decisions that are made. I don't have a specific example for my job, but a really interesting example that I learned about was the seatbelt was originally created for men because it's only male men on the team. And then a lot of accidents were like a lot of the people that were involved in accidents were like women and kids. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for women to be in tech roles, but at the same time, it's also important to ask, like if you're interested in tech asking why, do you want to be in the particular field? Because I'm very grateful for the money that I get from working in Mm -hmm. tech and like being remote and all that stuff. But it's also important to just understand your why in life. And I know that's like really hard to do. And I just, I don't know, because I have a lot of friends who just want to get in tech for money and just get super comfortable. Even I'm in the place where I'm just super comfortable and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of other riskier dreams on the side that's not as cushy Mm -hmm. and so I think it's always important no matter where you're at to evaluate your why before getting into something that's super smart and you're right I'll say it's not a bad thing to pursue tech for money Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you're probably gonna land it you will Mm -hmm. but I love the having to look and 
see if it fits in your why, because mm-hmm. I shared something the other day on my Facebook or Instagram, sorry, mm-hmm. about life would be a lot. It's I'm paraphrasing. I'm probably butchering it, mm-hmm. but life would be a lot different if everyone realized it could end any second. Mm-hmm. And that I, I know it's always out there, but when you just sit and think about that and you grind every day for something that you're like, I just want money to be comfortable, but you log in and you're just like, and then you spend your day just, (laughs) I hope this is coming across. It's like a (laughs) meh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you log out and you have two or three hours of, yay, I get to enjoy this. That could be incredibly depressing if it's not something that actually means something to you or you're not utilizing what you're getting from it to get you more, like you said, time freedom's important to you. So if your money is getting you the time freedom, then absolutely it's worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's, I think that's something that a lot of people, they just grind and grind and grind and grind and grind and then that's it. And that's so scary to me. I never want to be that. (laughs) Yeah. So what advice would you give for someone wanting to enter in your field besides mock interviews, which is genius? Because you always said that. (laughs) If there's someone who is non-technical and wants to get a PM role or any technical role. I think what I would do is I would go on LinkedIn and search for like any alumni at your school. I think there's even a feature where you can search the company you're interested. Like let's say you're interested in Microsoft. You can search Microsoft and there's like a checkbox to be like people who went to my school or something. And just connect with people, especially people who may not have a tech background and just connect with them and see what their journey was like because everyone's journey is slightly different mm-hmm. and seeing what they recommend for people like who are non-technical or even technical people. I'm trying to think of other advice. I think that's the main thing. And also just studying with other people. Because for me, it's really hard to just study by myself. And yeah. there's like, even for my PM job, like I think I've applied to so many companies and I've got rejected by pretty much all of the companies except for two for just first round interviews. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important, I think, to work with people as you're trying to get into tech or get into a particular role. So it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm like a shithead and I'm the only one failing. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. there's so many people. There's like, I have gotten way more rejections and acceptances. So just working with a ton of people and just connecting with like alumni from your school if you can yeah that's smart and one thing that uh I just realized which I should have realized but um you probably live in a bigger city right I'm assuming I'm in San Francisco Mm -hmm. yes so you live in a big city and you already have a shit ton of competition but you already mentioned earlier that you're remote So Mm -hmm. now we have like the whole world is competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So if you have anyone in the area related to what you're trying to get into is probably, I should get on LinkedIn more. (laughs) Yeah, I think 
it's interesting is like there is competition and i think from looking at uh like my husband was interviewing really hard for air he works at airbnb right now mm-hmm. and he was just studied so hard for it and then I, I was like oh a lot of people that's how much they study like that's their work ethic right and then I was comparing how his friends were studying and even how some of my friends were studying and their work ethic wasn't nearly as there. So even if there is, you know, everyone has access, I shouldn't say everyone has access, but like now the job opportunities are open to everyone. Mm-hmm. People assume that it is more difficult, but at the same time, you may underestimate how hard some people are working. Yeah. For. And so like, if you're, afraid to apply to a certain company because everyone in the world is applying for it just know like it's like the work ethic is one of it and then also like trying to get a referral and trying to get your foot in the door is another part yep another one I just saw was hard work beats out talent when Mm -hmm. talent doesn't put in hard work Mm -hmm. I think that's fitting. I'm just going to apparently spit quotes at you. <laughs> and that's that all I good. <laughs> so what's the best advice you've received? It can be personal or professional or give us, give us both. I'm trying to go through my head for all the advice and making sure <laughs> I don't say anything that I said before. I think one of my mentors in college was told me to have fun and I know that seems so simple but like in college I just always had my head down and just worked 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 because I was like oh I need to get the grace go to work and then blah 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 and then one day I was in bed and I was like I really don't know what makes me happy or what I like to do for fun Mm -hmm. and it's really sad when you get to that moment when you're just working really really hard and you have no clue what makes you happy or what's fun for you and I just really think that's just what makes life enjoyable. And yeah. what's like, that's one of the reasons why we're working, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the biggest takeaway, even though that seems so simple, like it's, it took me some time to figure out what makes me happy. You know, that sounds like so sad, <laughs> but just thinking about like, what makes you happy? And if you, that's a hard question, then like, what gives relief? Like there was a point where I was like, I really don't know what makes me happy, but I know there are certain things that give me relief and let me do more of that. And that eventually helped me figure out these things make me happy. And I can do this little thing every single day to make me happy. So at the end of the day, like bubble baths make me happy. So how can I incorporate more bubble baths in my life? And it just makes life a little bit more enjoyable when things are more difficult. Yeah, no, that's, Great. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the, well, actually, no, you said it, know what your why is. Mm -hmm. I mean, your why hopefully isn't because you like to be miserable. I mean, if it is, you can work yourself to death and (laughs) be happy because you're miserable. If that's a thing. That's actually, maybe that's a smart thing to do. You know, we can just say our why is miserable, then we're miserable, then we're happy. Exactly. There we like, have it. <laughs> fucking accomplished. Check. <laughs> we figured out life. No, I love that. You said if you can't find out what gives you relief, mm-hmm. that is so smart. It it reminds me of, you know, everyone pushes 
positivity and body positivity and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Well, sometimes positivity isn't attainable. Mm -hmm. And then I heard about neutrality. And that is way more, way more easily reached when you're, you know, at the depths of depression Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in the same place and people are like, well, what makes you happy? Nothing. I'm fucking depressed. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what relieves you? Mm-hmm. laying in bed okay then for now that's what you need as long as you're healthy mm-hmm. about it you know that yeah. is something I'm going to start teaching my children mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good one mm-hmm. yeah and I think in January I just got so burnt out so I had COVID I was planning a wedding and then oh my gosh like so I technically had I was supposed to have a vacation but I had wedding COVID and it's just like work and I was just like crying for like three days straight out of nowhere and like a doctor prescribed me antidepressants and I was like what the fuck is going on with my life and mm-hmm. that's the moment there I was sitting in bed and like happiness felt so far away mm-hmm. and joy felt so far away it was impossible so I had to think about like what are some thoughts that are slightly more positive than I am depressed that just makes me feel a little bit better so it was like small things like it sounds sad but like oh, I deserve to live. Like Mm -hmm. little things like that, that were like slightly more positive. And then I was like, what can I do that proves that? And I would take a shower or something. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. my day is accomplished. And not go so hard with finding happiness or joy because that felt so difficult for me. So I think there was a, I forgot the author who had like the ladders of emotion and it really helped with like, okay, if you're here, just go to the next ladder. Don't go all the way to joy. Um, I have to find it and I'll send it to you. But it was really helpful. That's super, that sounds interesting. I've never heard of it, but I've been in the super uh, depression too. And Mm. so when you say it sounds really sad, it doesn't. It sounds like Mm. something somewhere that a lot of people and probably a lot more people than will ever admit it have been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowing that you can get from that and get better is good. So I like that. What relieves you? So you said that you found your joy. What is it? What do you do for fun? (laughs) Oh, you're testing me on it now. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. (laughs) I really love yoga and even when I was in JP Morgan yoga gave me relief and I didn't know that was something that would bring me joy like sometimes I would do yoga and I'd cry (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what is this but it was just something that just gave me so much more relief and allowed me like return home to my body and connect to who I was and so yoga is one thing Um, another thing is just like hiking in nature Mm -hmm. that's super important for me being in my room with zoom (laughs) all day (laughs) so those are the two main things right now yeah um I'm going to my first booty yoga not b-o-o-t-y but B. Oh, I thought that's what <laughs> I really thought that was, I was like, oh, you're gonna do yoga and twerk. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, actually, it kind of seems like it. It's it's like a more upbeat and oh, cool. where you get to dance and kind of move on your own and throw you yoga moves in it. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to try mm. it. It's really fun. 
It's like you said, it's important to know your why and your why is to get outside and to do yoga. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Do you have any pets? I have a dog. Yeah. He's outside the room. So he doesn't make noise. Oh. <laughs> I got him like three months, three, four months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is he? He's a mini pincher, but I got him from an adoption oh, so center. So I have no clue if he is a mini pin, but he was like a mini pin, but I got him at 27 pounds. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a maxi pin. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> and so I got him and I was like, it was so interesting. I was like, this dog was in the streets previously. And I was like, well, someone was really feeding him a lot. So maybe I was like, I don't feel that bad for him. But yeah, so he's super cute. That's awesome. Just wobbles around. (laughs) Does he hike with you too? No, he's has tiny legs and bad, and he's seven, so he walk. All he does is sniff, and so it would just take really long to hike. Yeah, it would take three times as long. We have a he's a Australian Shepherd Red Healer mix. He is. I mean, he's chunky. He needs to get some weight off of him, but he loves camping and we'll take him out. We'll have a quad and go up on trails and stuff. And he runs right behind us. So, but he's a bigger My dog dog does not run. Well, he tries to run. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why sometimes I'm not afraid of him not being on the leash because I can always catch him. Whereas other dogs (laughs) I've had, I'm just like, they will outrun me. Oh yeah, this our dog. dog <laughs> our dog can run probably 30, 40 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. So that's really all the questions that I had for okay. you. Do you have any questions for me? No, I didn't. No, I feel bad for not prepping questions. No, it's not. You know, I was at the end of the interview, kind of interview. <laughs> you know, like at the job interview, they're like, I always have questions at the end. And you're like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, well, you didn't get the job. No, I'm just oh my kidding. God. <laughs> Your podcast will not get aired out. <laughs> right. This delete. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, sometimes uh, I think we covered a lot before we started. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but. all righty. Well, I'm super glad that I got to talk to you. And can I turn off record and meet your puppy oh yeah yeah oh is that why yeah (laughs) yes all right thank you Rita so much for being on bye oh my gosh thank you so much for listening today I hope you had as much fun as I did if you liked this please rate review and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future to continue this and more conversations you can always find me at d at fragmenters.com that's d-e-a at fragmenters.com on instagram and facebook at fragmenters and i also have a facebook group uh, called fragmenters where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy thank you again Bye. we got the right stuff we